Yo, welcome back. My name is Rob Wong. Let's talk about how to break up with honor so that you and the person that you care about are left without regrets. We're talking full completion here. So if you've ever had a messy breakup that just kind of dragged on, if you're not really sure how to do this without like really deeply hurting the other person, if you want to do this with love, care, and compassion, this is how it's done. How can I break up in a way that doesn't break me or the other person? Can I do this in a way that I don't regret things, right? Um, and so how is this different than a normal breakup, I think, maybe is the first question. And when I think about a normal breakup, um, sometimes we do that out of just reaction. We are just like, hey, this is the list of grievances that I had in this relationship. Um, sometimes we hide that and it's just like, it's not you, it's me. And we don't actually mean it. It's like, hey, I've, I've silently resented you for several years or several months and I don't want to continue this or, um, or it could go the opposite direction where it's like, Hey, I'm just going to lay out everything on the table about what doesn't work about you and me. And I'm mostly going to make it about you <laughs> and, <laughs> and then we're going to break up. Um, so I've, I've, I've gone through like every iteration of that. And what I will say is that usually leaves a lot more to clean up afterwards. So we're going to talk about how to do this in a more powerful way. Um, so I think I think I want to start off with that just rough distinction there, um, and check in, man. Like, how's it going over there, dude? Uh, I'm doing our okay, not really, kind of, sort of. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's been a it's been a tricky day, man. Been a lot going on. Uh, yeah, I've probably been in every iteration of those types of situations myself, and um, yeah, it's never easy. It's never easy. And I never even knew that there was a, such a thing as like consciously uncoupling, you know, or doing it in a skilled way. And I think what I've come to understand, or one of the biggest things is to leave the door open and not close your heart and pull away from the person, even if they do, you know, just, I remember there was a, a there was a woman in the relationship school and her name was, I don't know if I should mention her name is Julie. And uh, we got into some conflict. And uh, I remember she was the first person who didn't shut the door in my face. She left it open. And I really didn't know what that meant. Um, but she didn't, but, but what it meant to me was that she understood how I felt and it made sense to her. And instead of like arguing with me or making me wrong for the way that I felt, She's like, I see you, I understand you, you make sense. And I'm not shutting the door to our relationship. So what it also meant to me is that she cared about how we left things, not a mess. And uh, after I processed what I needed to process and realized what she did for me and not to me, I reached out to her and thanked her for for not being another woman who just slammed the door in my face. And it was very healing. It was medicine in it for me. Um, yeah. So I, I, see the, I see the benefit of, of um, this type of, you know, breaking up isn't easy, 
and you know staying in it with each other until both people feel you know complete i guess maybe i i don't know yeah i i think it's kind of a nebulous thing because it sort of like varies from person to person but i think that's a really good place to start like can i get to a place where i would be okay leaving the door open um can i get to a place of emotional neutrality the, the other thing that strikes me about this is like hey can i have a conversation with this person where i'm not blaming them for everything that they didn't do for me um like I'm, I'm when I want to come into this kind of conversation, I want to process through as much of like my annoyances, frustrations, like letdowns, pain as I can without assigning it to this person. Like unless they were physically beating me, everything that I experienced from them was in reaction to them. These are my wounds, my emotions. These are my things to deal with. And in breaking up in conscious uncoupling, rather. I think there's this process of acknowledgement. Like it's it's not necessarily coming from logic per se. It's just not like resentment. Uh, maybe it's from love. It's like, hey, I love you. I see you and who you are and what you need. And the directions that we're going are different. I am currently working on this thing. This is what I aspire to create with my life. And what I can see would be best for you is this thing. You're going in this other way. You're creating this thing. And if we were to continue together, um, it's not going to serve both of us. Um, and for me, I think that's a, that has been a striking example for me that I think the last breakup that I went through was that. And I really like that there's no anger left for this person. Like, um, but, but I also think that the, a part of the process is like, and, and this is difficult. I think the easy part is like, hey, let's stop and acknowledge the good times. Let's be grateful for what we shared. Let's talk about the memories and the fond things that we've done. The hard thing, the new thing that came up this time was like, hey, let me imagine what it would be like if this person went and dated someone else. Let me give up the role that I had in this person's life and set that aside. Let me experience what it would be like to not be that anymore and and to share into the space like, for on both sides and for me that created a new sense of like actual completion like oh crap okay i can i can see her moving on i can see her like flirting with other people i can see her dating another person who might be a better fit and i'm going to be with my reaction and i'm going to accept it and move forward um that was really useful for me. I think I think part of leaving the door open for me, and I'm, I'm not saying that this is a universal proper thing to do, but but part of leaving the door open for me is that at some point, my brain might be like, hey, let's come back and date this person again. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really easy to do that with yeah. someone who's not necessarily aligned. And that can lead to a lot of pain. So this this new step for me was really useful because it's like, Yo, we've we've already given up like any stake that we had in this relationship. We're ready to set that aside and move to a different context. Yeah, that's really powerful. That's a really powerful place to get to. And uh... so for those of you listening, Scott's taking some time to process some stuff that's coming up. I think this is a pretty real subject for him. He's kind of in the middle of it. And this is pretty real for me as well. I have recently exited 
uh, energetically with someone that I was very attracted to and in love with. So this, this is pretty like hot out of the oven, but I guess like it's more of like a turd. So it's like a it's like freshly <laughs> laid. <laughs> yeah, man. And it's even, there's another layer to it. It's that we're kind of in business together as well. Like, so there's this added layer that's can be complicated, man. And it feels complicated. Um, maybe it's just as complicated as I make it. Uh, oh, 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 okay. So for, for the listener, you're talking about how with one of the people where you're sort of like, you still have the door open, mm -hmm. your, your business partners, but there is romantic interest and that makes it complicated. Um, there was romantic. I mean, I, yeah, there's, I would like that, but that's not happening. And I've kind of accepted that. Um, so it's leaving the door open. And um, also like staying, staying in relationship, like not, not seeing that person, like actually still seeing them and still very close still love one another um, and yeah we still are in relationship as friends and inside of business so it's that and then working with not being romantically involved Ooh. so that's great yeah yeah, that's yeah. heavy as fuck, man. Yeah, that's, that's super heavy. And I, I sometimes think, is this even possible? Like, is it possible? Is it okay? Is it sane? Is it, you know, like, it's very um, tricky waters to navigate. So I'm working with that. And plus, I'm also working with dating two women, one of which I want to exit the relationship because I've gotten clear that this person is not for me. Um, and that's really, feels really hard. Um, and I can't imagine what it's like for her either. And I want to know, like, I don't want to just, you know, there are two people in this relationship. So if I, my behavior has an impact on the other person, I certainly want to you know, understand that about them and yeah. not just be like, I'm, I'm splitting and this is all whatever. It's just the easy way out. Like, I don't, I'm not looking to take the easy way out, just like ghost him. It's not that. So there's a lot going on, man. Yeah. Am, you know, I'm starting to shut down a little bit, man. Yeah, I can, I can hear it a little bit. So I'm going to I'm going to take the wheel for a second cuz I also want to touch on something that you mentioned which was leaving the door open. Um I think that that can be one of the most and, and for you listening right now that I think that can be one of the most healing things that you could do. Um it's it's a way to look at how reactive we get inside of romantic connection with someone that we like, right? Like how much does my system get jealous? How much does my system get disrupted when they don't text me? Um, and I can also say from personal experience, this is one of the most disruptive things that you could do to yourself and your life. So the caveat that I want to put out here is that like, hey, Scott's taking on something really, really advanced. It will serve him in the long run, in my opinion, 
um, and make him a much more secure, reliable, relaxed person, non-reactive, like all very attractive things. And what he's going through right now is like, he's in the shit. Like I personally don't feel like I have the bandwidth for this. Like, and I, I will only leave the door open for a romantic prospect if that's something that I want to continue to pursue in the future. And this is going to be like an individual call if you're listening right now. You don't have to do it. You can do it. I, a lot of respect to you if you can pull it off. Personally, for me, I find it, it, it disrupts so much of my lifestyle that I, I really pick and choose where I want to leave the door open. Yeah, man. Yeah, thank you for that. That was really kind of you to say. Um, I didn't see that. It kind of made, kind of has me feeling a little bit better just hearing your response. Uh, yeah, to be able to hold space for somebody when they're laying into you, blaming you, um, telling you that you're the cause of why they feel the way they do. Oh. Yeah, man. And we, we touched on this in the last podcast, Rob, when we were in conflict, where it was two five-year-olds, you know, play, fighting on the playground. So I realized, like, this is the benefit of, of having the tools that we've garnered over the years, man, is that when you're in, in it and I'm, it's coming at me, I'm like, oh, this isn't personal. Like really embodying and knowing that, man, that's such a, a big deal. And, and then when, you know, to be able to hold space and let that person cry and let that person scream and yell and be fully self-expressed is just a really beautiful thing because I know that I'm a stand-in for every man that has ever come before me in her life, in both of these women's lives, because I know one really well i've been in relationship with her for well over a year and i know her pretty deeply and so when you know when she's in her wound and it's coming at me i'm like oh this isn't about me this is about every it's about her and how she's been treated or how she's been talked to or how she's been behaved towards and I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. And I just held it, just sat with what was going on for me and allowed her to move through it. And it was super healing. Um, in the moment, it was really hard. And then with this other woman that I'm romantically involved with, I know she's been through some shit too. And I just know that this isn't for me. She's not for me right now. And I wanted, and I don't, you know, I don't want to let her down, but I also don't want to lead her on. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough conversation. Like, especially if the person, it feels like the person hasn't done anything wrong. I find that to be the most challenging. Like, how do I even tell this person like, Hey, I'm not interested in this without like devastating them. And I think the painful reality is you can't, that's impossible. Like biologically, the minute that that exit conversation starts, Serotonin levels drop by half, which means that we have a very hard time regulating our feelings. That person's going to react. We're going to react. You're very likely to have this go off the rails. I also want to comment on something that you said referencing the last conversation we had, our conflict. I feel like the way that you showed up there was really useful for the way that I showed up inside of the conscious uncoupling that I just went through in that 
uh, because I was held with the kind of compassion that you provided in this new context, when I showed up, um, when she was reacting and like really blowing up or like just getting very emotional, saying all the stuff that was there that wasn't necessarily responsible, it was easy for me to see her as a hurt child and be like, oh, right, yep, she just needs to get this out. Once she gets this out, it'll be okay. And that was a really useful place to be coming from. So if you're listening right now, um, this, I think, comes into play. Conscious uncoupling is not... It's never pretty. (laughs) It's It's not an easy experience by any means, but the reward is when you finish, you aren't left feeling like you hate this person or there's some bottled up anger that you need to fix or deal with. It's just like, man, what a, what a lovely way to close things out with a person that I care about. And you know that they're leaving the same way. You don't have to like look over your shoulder and wonder, is there like a pissed off woman who hates me that's rating me poorly on a dating app or whatever? I don't know if that's still a thing. I know that there's like a, there's like this, um, directory of men where men get rated by women that have dated them. Uh, and yeah, that, that is a terrifying idea in of itself. Cause it's like such a subjective thing. It's like a Yelp review for who you were five years ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that, that's off topic, but, but I think that like, it's really important to acknowledge that, um, this is not an easier path than just ghosting or like blaming another person, but this is the path that will have you grow as a human being and have you not look back and regret what you've done. Yeah, man, this is the path of the warrior. And thank you for that kind acknowledgement, man. I just see the ripple that that it has. Like, if you're held with compassion, like you said you were in our uh, misunderstanding or conflict, and then you took what you garnered there and carried it into the next... And it, it is, it's, that's beautiful to think, man. I started to tear up, Rob, and I have, I am starting to get choked up now thinking that I have that, that I can do that for you and then you can do that for someone else and then they can do it for someone else. Like, that's such a powerful thing, man. And that is not, like what I feel now in this moment is nothing like I've ever felt in the past when I've just ghosted someone or, you know, I, like you stay in it, you stay in it for yourself and for the other person. Yeah. And that's, it's just, it's just a beautiful thing, man. Just what I feel in my body, um, how powerful that is, man. That is, seems so scary to like sit there and take it on the chin. Um, but it, it again, it's like, you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for the other, you're doing it for yourself. <laughs> But you, but the other person too, like what you do for others, you do for yourself first. Yeah. So, but it's not, but it isn't, it's kind of this judo move where, you know, you have having compassion or being compassion is when you kind of put the, the easy path aside and you choose to get nailed to the cross. And I, I like that metaphor. Like, I like that metaphor where, Hey man, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get nailed to a cross so I can save everyone. Like I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get nailed to the metaphorical cross 
and take it like a man so I can lessen the blow over there because I care about this person because I, I want them to be able to do that for someone. I want them to see that all men are not assholes, you know, that there are some men out there, even when it's difficult that they don't run and just showing up and being different. I yeah. Like that, that's what it feels like for me. Just not, this doesn't feel like anything I ever did in the past. Like a long time ago, that six, 10 year iteration of Scott was like, I don't give a fuck, whatever, later. Yeah, I, I feel like this is this is an important point to touch on, because um, like like so much of masculinity is defined by like grit and like toughness and determination and like how much pain can you take, and like if you want if you want to test how tough you really are, like have someone stand there and blame you, make you wrong for how you are, and pick you apart for like five minutes. That shit is excruciating. Um, but, but there's also, there's also a point to this and, and there's a technique to deal with it, which I'm going to talk about, but first, first the payoff here, like, I think it's really easy to see how, when something negative happens, it's easy to see the consequences, right? Um, like world war two, okay. Like fucking hundreds of thousands, millions of people dead, right? Some places got nuked and then we see their radioactive decay and like, like horrible things happen and it's easy to see how that spirals out of control, right? And escalates and it's like, it's impacting the whole world. What we don't often talk about is how you can have a positive action that ripples out in just the same kind of way. And if you want to live in a world that is much kinder, more compassionate, this is actually what that looks like. Now, you, it doesn't need to feel like you're being crucified the entire time. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that next. Yeah. And one of the things that really helps is when it feels like you're being crucified, fucking hit pause. Yeah. Hit pause. Let them know, hey, like I'm feeling like a lot of stuff coming up. I'm going to need like four or five minutes to just like sit and handle this and I will be back. And then you go and you do the thing that helps you feel better. And we've covered off on a lot of tools on this podcast, but anything that works with your vagus nerve will help. Do you need to go to your car and scream for like a while? Do you need to like sing loudly to karaoke? Do you need to go and do some VR boxing, cartwheels, scream and cry, throw a tantrum on the floor, wail on a phone book with a belt? I don't know what does it for you, but figure that out and bring that tool with you to conflict. Because if you don't, that for me, I've noticed that's a breaking point. If I am overburdened and it really, really hurts hearing what this other person is saying and I don't hit pause and they keep on going, I'm going to blow up at them. And that's going to be counterproductive. That's not going to be a conscious uncoupling. I'm just going to be like wailing on this person the way that I thought they were wailing on me. And that's just another fight. You don't want that. That might happen, but it's just more time, more cleanup. So whenever possible, just give yourself space to take a breather, calm back into it and then revisit the conversation. Yeah, man. Well, absolutely. That, you know, I was thinking about <laughs> what all the things you were saying that, you, you know, punching a whatever, hitting the floor, uh, going out and yelling, doing cartwheels. For me, it was doing this podcast. Man. Like, it really helped me to get resourced and back connected. Uh, you're, this was a big help. But definitely, you know, when you're in it and somebody's wailing on you, you know, you can, I mean, today... It wasn't super bad, but it, it was coming at me. And I was just like, I just, it, it felt so good to be able to be in that space with this woman that I care about deeply 
and for her to be able to cry and let out all of the things that have been building up for years that other men have not held space for that have reacted to her. And I, I recognized that in that moment. And that for me was the, what I needed to do. I just recognized it. I'm like, oh man, I got this, man. I'm just gonna hold this. And I just lowered my voice after she finished and spoke very gently and let her, I said, you can bring, bring all of you, bring this, like, it's welcome. You can, and she just started to cry and break down. And I was, that made me feel like a man. You wanna feel like a man? Hold space for a woman. Don't be reactive. Also, like what Rob said, if it gets too intense, you absolutely take a time. You, 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 you press pause and you go take good care of yourself so you can come back to do that very thing and hold the space. I recognize that I'm the leader. I was the most resourced. I'm going to take the lead here. I'm going to stay in the fire with her in the present moment and resolve whatever it was that she was bringing into it that was from her past wasn't personal it felt like it at first and then it just disintegrated in the moment without being reactive i mean that is the more that i do that in conflict with women with men the stronger i get <clears throat> and uh yeah i just think um I'm going to piggyback on that. <laughs> yeah, man. I tied it back to conscious uncoupling. Like, so the, the stereotypical thing that I would do in the past was to be in a screaming, yelling argument and hate the person and we go on for months and years or however, and I would resent them and be bitter towards them. And I carried that, it, you know, it's like the old, um, the old adage that, you know, you, you drink poison trying to kill the other person. Well, yeah. And I, I think I think what you touched on, I want to highlight really quickly because it was sort of casually thrown out there. But this is this is really important. Part of what Scott said was she was wailing on him. He came in with compassion. Well, he didn't say that explicitly, but what's there is there was care instead of reaction. Right. There was love available instead of reaction. And there's no sure way of of melting her of getting to her heart than coming in with love. Um, mm. So why we spend so much time talking about love and dealing with your emotions and getting resourced, because when you can show up like this, the conflict's done. The conflict is done. She's healing right now. Um, and that's what she was looking for, just yeah. to be met with compassion like she's a hurt child, like she is in that moment. And if you can provide that, you're, you're on the right path here. But as part of your responsibility as a grown-ass adult, Right. And I think this is just like core curriculum for adulthood. Part of this is you don't get into these conversations until you're resourced, if you can help it. If it's just sprung on you, there's nothing you can do. But your duty to yourself, your obligation to yourself is you take care of you so well that if this happens, you'll be okay. You won't react. You'll still be able to come in with love. When you can get there, that's mastery, right? And not all of us are perfect at this. I'm I'm certainly not like a hundred percent. I know we're messy all the fucking time. Scott's shaking his head. Yeah, messy, but, <laughs> sloppy. But it's a practice, and you only have to show up and do this once to make a profound difference in someone else's life. 
including yours, right? Because after this point, it gets easier next time. You know how to deal with this situation. Um, but it is building that muscle. Yeah, man, absolutely. And it, it, I think one of the things that is helping me is I'm getting ready to do this talk in, in schools. And it's, um, you know, you know about it. TED Talk coming soon. Um, yeah. And um, it, one of the things, uh, one of the metaphors is the metaphor of the orange. And uh, we were talking about it the other day. You can't give away what you don't have inside. So if I squeeze an orange and out comes, you know, the only thing that's ever going to come out is orange juice and no matter what. So if somebody squeezes me, like I was being squeezed today and out comes anger, bitterness, hatred, anxiety, fear, that's what's inside of me. And what you just pointed me to, what you just made me understand, Rob, is I got squeezed today and what came out of me was love. So I'm grateful that all of this work has provided me with the capacity to give what it is that I have inside, man. And we all have this inside. It's underneath, you know, some, some shit. And sometimes it doesn't always come out. Sometimes the shit comes out. Um, but, but this is a practice too, like for the listener, like, yeah. you know, this is a practice and, you know, um, I'd really like to give some sort of action step or practical way to be love in a moment of reactivity, you know, for your, for your family, your friends, your kids, your, the people you care about the most. And um, I mean, the only thing that I can think of is just to, you know, it's easy to say, just be on your side of the street and, and be aware of what's occurring inside your body. Um, again, we, we did this on the last podcast. Go back and listen to the last one and, 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 and write down the baboon. Like if you want to learn how to be with your own experience, man, so you can hold space for others, like what we're talking about here, it's practicing one simple tool. That's one simple tool. Perhaps yeah. we can put it in the show notes again. And I mean, maybe we can just keep putting it in the show notes or download or something that you can practice. Like this was the very first tool I ever learned on yeah. how to understand my experience. I want to add something in here really quick too. Um, th this is not, for, for you listening right now, this is not the kind of skill where you can just show up and hope that you're a natural. No one is, no one is good at this at first. <laughs> no, oh. no one is good at this. Um, there's, there's nothing you can do in the moment to make sure that you show up as love. Um, I think there's, there's something that happens a lot in martial arts where it's like in moments of duress, you fall down to your most basic level of training. Um, so what is your basic level of training? It's daily. Do I practice the practice of being responsible for my own emotions and resolving them without blaming other people for the impact that they're having on my life? Right. When I can do that, I'm clear. I can be grateful for the people in my life. I can focus on the things that I love about them, why they are important to me. But if I am not skilled at clearing those things out of my space, in the moment, they're just going to build up and build up until all I can see are the flaws and the problems, right? And so when you're squeezed in the moment and out comes love, getting to that point is important. But the other important thing to remember here, I think, is that like it can be really easy to take this on like, Oh, I just had an unloving thought. Got to get rid of it. Got to fix it. You know, there's something wrong with me. Oh, a negative emotion showed up. Fuck it. Oh, God, I'm doing it wrong. 
I need to suppress it. I need to push it away. Go the other way. You got to welcome in those negative emotions and the heavier things because there's a part of you that's hurt, right? There's a, there's a part of you that might be angry because it's hurt, might be mm -hmm. sad, might be anxious about being hurt. But ultimately, there's, there's a little piece of you that feels vulnerable that just wants love and care. And when you can begin feeding it love and care, it can be really easy to map that out to other people. Hey, this person is hurting the way that I was hurting. I recognize this behavior pattern. I see it in myself. I accept it in myself. I give that piece of me compassion. So when I see it in other people, I do the same thing for them. That's how you get there. But if you go the other way of like hard rejecting this stuff, it'll go that same way in conversation with people. They're showing up hurt. Well, let me swat them down. Let me like hurt them until they stop like screaming at me. Right. And I, I used to go that way. So th this is a really important distinction. This is not about suppressing the parts of you that you don't like. It's about learning to like the parts of you that you don't like. That's so powerful, man. So beautiful. It really is. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't have anything to add to that, Rob. That was just, it was the medicine that I needed. Yeah. We're able to hear that, man. So, yeah, I think I think it, at this point we could probably do a quick recap and we can move on to um, any closing thoughts that we have here. I think that's enough action steps for now. Um, it's kind <laughs> of a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I had a phone call with my son earlier and there was a point in our relationship where he didn't feel safe with me and I reached out to him yesterday to do this talk at his school and I asked him I said hey listen Rocco I need to share a part of our lives that I'm not real proud of and you were little he goes it's okay dad I remember you had anger and you couldn't control it he goes it's okay and I, I forgive you and I feel safe with you now. You've changed. And uh, I talked to him again today and he's like, I'm looking forward to coming and visiting you, dad. Where it was not that long ago where my son didn't want to even be around me. He wouldn't call me. Um, so I know what it's like to not hold space for someone and to be super reactive. And now I know what it feels like to love myself and someone else in a moment. And uh, yeah, it's made all the difference in the world. So I just wanted to share that little piece of my history that this has been a process of a lot of years and a lot of work and a lot of time. So be gentle on yourself to the listener out there. You're going to fuck up. You're going to, you're going to make mistakes and you're human. We're all just doing the best that we can. So I want you to try it on that, you know, you're not going to get it right every time and that's okay. Just keep coming back to this new baseline of love. That's what you are at the core. In my experience, I feel that um, because that's what feels true to me. That's what feels the most. I feel the most at home when it's love. When it's anger and hatred and fear and anxiety, that doesn't feel like my true home. 
that feels like some old shit that was been there conditioned in you know uh so yeah i just wanted to share that in closing man hopefully dude yeah that's huge and I think giving people a real world example of like, hey, this does make a difference. It's not just us telling you to do something really difficult and then hoping that it makes a difference. Scott mm-hmm. completely changed the relationship that he had with his son. And now I'm working on it with my daughters. I have two daughters that are, haven't spoken to me in years. Um, and I believe that it has something to do with the way that I used to show up for them. Um, and it's had a, a, a long lasting impact, man. And I'm not willing to give up and still working on myself to show up for them as well. And I'll, I'll be ready when, they, when they're ready, for sure. Yeah. And so I'm going to give a quick summary of what we've discussed here. And I'm going to throw in some new stuff because as we've been talking, it's clear to me that it's a little bit more complex than what I initially come from. <clears throat> but the first rule that we're discussing here is do the prep work. Go to, the, go to your emotional dojo, do the lifting, get to a point where you begin to accept and love yourself more. A lot of that can look like extending compassion to yourself in your daily routine, like not being a slave driver on yourself when you're at work, when you're at home, if you can avoid it, right? If you can do this in a responsible way, be kind to you, offer yourself space, right? Sometimes if you just want to sit in the car and do nothing and just kind of decompress, you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to just hang out and be kind to yourself. Go to a spa. This is all part of the practice. So practice extending compassion to you so that when the moment arises and someone else is hurt, you can extend compassion to them. The next piece here is that when you show up, you're there to complete that which is incomplete, meaning both of you are going to have some shit that you need to say to each other. And holding space for that is an important piece of this. It's not all of it, but as long as you can be unreactive, take pauses when it's happening, and be love as often as you can, that's going to go in a perfectly messy, beautiful, chaotic way. The next piece here is also just taking time to acknowledge, hey, what beautiful things have I experienced inside of this space? It's not all trash and garbage. What am I grateful for? What memories has this person given me? Right? And talk about those things. Um... And I think, I think there's also just the element of, hey, at the end, you're deciding whether or not you want to keep the door open. Either option is viable, right? But if you are going to close the door on a romantic connection, then what can be helpful is just having a, the ritual of, hey, like I'm, I'm surrendering the piece of me that I had reserved for you. Like there was a room in my heart that was dedicated to you. I had ideas about where our future was going to go. I built that up in my head. I really wanted to get married to you or whatever direction you were going to go. You say those things and then you surrender them. You allow for them to have their reaction and they do the same thing for you. You go until it feels like, hey, we could go on. There's more stuff that we could say, but we've said it all, right? This is it. We've reached this point where it's like everything is on the table. I love this person. I understand that it's not going to be a fit for us if we continue forward. And we're going to be okay. At that point, you conclude. So um, anything you want to throw into that? that, I mean, that feels really beautiful. Like that, to to, like end something in the way that you just proposed feels like love. Like when I listened to you speak and how it consumed my body, I was like, oh my God, that 
that's a beautiful that's beautiful if I, and then i recalled ways in the past how i've ended things and they did not feel anything remotely close to what you just explained and so i know for myself that what you're proposing and you know listeners rewind what rob just said and listen to that and feel into what that is like versus ways you've ended relationships in the past and notice the difference. That's what I just did. It's a huge difference. There's no comparison. Screaming, yelling, fighting, cussing, knockdown, throwing shit. I don't want any part of that in my life anymore. That is, that is not even an option. What you just proposed and how I felt hearing it, it's like, yes, that feels like truth. That, that feels like the only way for me, you know, in my version. Of it. So I would just say that in closing. Yeah. That's, that's bringing up something that I think is going to be important here. Um, I've currently been exploring uh, self-love and acceptance meditations. Uh, that feels like the big thing for me lately. And um, the one thing that I noticed that stops me that I have to process through again and again and again is what Scott just mentioned, how I showed up in past relationships, especially how I ended them. And there's a lot of guilt there. There's a lot of guilt. There's a very, very deep well. And I find that, you know, I, I have to spend a lot of time processing through this and feeling the pain that I must have inflicted on other people as a consequence of who I was and how I was showing up back then. So I feel very guilty about that. In taking on conscious uncoupling, you are freeing yourself from the debt and the weight and the responsibility of doing that moving forward for, for any relationship. Um, and, well, I'm, I'm really biased because I'm, I'm obviously a proponent of that. But <laughs> I, I don't want to have to carry around a big sack of regrets about who I was. So that's the way forward for me. Yeah, man, makes sense. I, after hearing you say that, I just realized what was going on for me today prior to the podcast, man, I was holding on to a bunch of shame, a bunch of guilt, a bunch of, you know, all kinds of shit that was not from like the present. It was stuff I'd been dragging around, man. And that's like coming to the conclusion here, you and you saying what you just said, you've helped me to realize like, wow, I've been carrying a lot of, a lot of shit inside me, man because of the way I behaved in the past. Moving forward, like you said, I don't want to, I don't want to show up that way. Then you got nothing to carry. Yeah. You're like clear and current, man. You're like lightweight, your feathers, you're just floating through. <laughs> and that, I mean, that's what it feels like, right? Like who want, help anybody out there need to carry more fucking baggage from the past? With them? <laughs> <laughs> because I'll give you some of mine, man. You're more than welcome to it. You want to be depressed, sad, you know, shut down. I got a whole bunch of shit that you can hold on to if you <laughs> like it. <laughs> I was overloaded with it today. So, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's about it. So, um, we're going to close it off here. If you have any questions, be sure to, like, hit us up on greatdateguy.com. We're going to be coming up with a new title uh, at some point. And, um I think we're going to be here like next Thursday, 8 a.m. as usual. And as always, yeah, thank you for guest. being here. 
We have a guest next week, I believe. Oh yeah, shit. We have a guest. Do you want to you want to say a little bit about her? Yeah, man. I'll wait till next week when we get her on. She's super cool, man. Fun, fun, awesome therapist that I met. Um, uh, brought her into our men's group. She's just a super fun, amazing woman um, who I really enjoy, and I think the listener is going to get a lot of value from from meeting her. And uh, we'll let her do her thing. And next week when we have her on. Yeah, for sure. I think this is going to be super valuable. I fucking love my therapist. Um, she, she's, yeah, she sees shit that I can't. And having a therapist on the show is going to be pretty kick-ass. So, uh, yeah, watch us get our ass kicked by a therapist. And uh, we'll catch you next Thursday, 8 a.m. Pacific. Peace. Peace.